strip away every hindrance and every uh, shade, everything that would try to shade or to uh, cause us to filter out the things of the Spirit. Isn't that right? Mm -hmm. And so, to be a man and a woman of the Spirit requires us to be sensitive to the things of the Spirit. And to become sensitive to the things of the Spirit, you have to be born again and filled with the Spirit. And that comes initially from a hunger and a thirst after those things. Isn't that right? And so that's us. We've hungered, we've thirst, and God is touching us and uh, giving us something. And one of the things we've been learning is it's not something that's just, we're not playing in shallow water. But we are hyperdimensional beings. We're born of the Spirit. We're not of this world. We belong to the, to the heavens of the heavens. We belong to the God who created all things. We're connected to the fountain, who's, who, which will never run dry. Isn't that right? Amen. And so we've got to learn, and what we're trying to learn to do together is to cultivate our ability to express the things of the Spirit and uh, to, be, to express it through the Word of God. We're not spiritualists. You know what a spiritualist is? A spiritualist is someone who is, uh, does commerce with their own spirit, and they let their spirit go out because there are spirits in the world that are not connected to earthen vessels. They're called demons. And so spiritism is dealing in the spirit realm, which men and women, which we are, we have an inclination to the things of the spirit, but without the foundation and the origination of God himself. The Lord says, I will escort you into the realms of the Spirit, and I will protect you and keep you. But I, the Lord wants us to be spirit beings who uh, touch Him who is in the Spirit. You know, getting all that? Uh-huh. And so, uh, when we talk about the millennial reign of Christ, which is in the future, when Jesus is going to return, the reason we talk about that is because we are not people who are just stuck in the now. We're not like the beasts of the field who are just looking for greener grass to eat. We're not people who are just living by our appetites, who are caught in the circumstances of this world. But we know that uh, we are eternal and that we are the children of the resurrection, that we, we know Jesus. He's, he's not a religious ceremony to us, but we've, we've encountered him by the Spirit, and we're following after him. And we know that this world is giving way to another world, another age. And that's important to know that. It's important to have that as your big context. So we, we've got a bigger context. And I want to take the context bigger than the future. I want to give us a context this morning of what surrounds us as spiritual beings and what surrounds this world. You know, the Bible says that without Christ, you are under the dominion of the God of this world. What does that mean? Who is the God of this world? I thought God was the God of this world. The Bible teaches us that there's one called Lucifer, who was an archangel, a cherubim, who rebelled against the king, God, and has 
since been an enemy of God and, and is trying to subvert not only the other spiritual beings that are that God created, but trying to subvert us. That we would not be filled with the word of God, but we would be filled with the word of this earth. And you know, that means you're just a natural creature. And you become victim a victim of the God of this world. He rules and reigns over you according to his will. And he does that by building thought patterns in your mind. To be demonized uh, is not just to have a spirit that's harassing you, but it's to have a way of thinking that's binding you. And because Jesus said, my words are spirit and they are life. And so we have a clue there that words are more than just words. They have uh, either life or death in them. In your tongue is life or death. In what you think in your mind, what do you think in your mind? The way you think, uh, if it's if it's not the mind of Christ, it's a a way of thinking that leads to the natural. It leads to death, and it can be the landing pad of spirits, demon spirits. And so, demon spirits take advantage of your thinking if it's in line with what they want. They can live in your stinking thinking. And so that's why Paul says we don't, uh, he says our warfare is the is an effort to pull down every thought yeah. and every logic that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing it into obedience. And how many of you know that's not always so easy to do? Isn't that right? Yeah. It's clever. And so, there's deception, and deception is not seeing that you're living as a puppet, and you're, something is pulling your strings, and you don't even know it. You think you're being a, a free, independent person, and that you can go to church and think that. You go to church and say, I came to church today. I'm a Christian. Yet your life is, you're a puppet on a string because of what's in your mind. You're independent and you're living out of your own will and therefore you become demonized, influenced by demon spirits, powers that want to express themselves through a body. Everybody wants to get into your body. <laughs> and that, that's the final battleground because you can you can get your life to where physically you may not sin, yes. um, but that that whole the whole thing of that final battleground is Paul says, "For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty." in God for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing everything captive, every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. He says, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. That's huge right there. 
It is huge. And uh, I want to read to you what I read before out of Ephesians chapter 5, also to go along with this. Ephesians 6. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this age, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to withstand the evil day and having done all to stand. And then he exhorts the people of God to uh, cover their minds and their, their breasts and, and to cover themselves with uh, these, these aspects of the nature of God. And then praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to the end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And so uh, this is just a continuation of Paul's, the motif of the Christian warrior. We're in a warfare. We're in, we're in a wrestling match. Well, I don't want to be a wrestling match. I just want to go to a nice church where they sell coffee in the foyer and they give me a good help sermon. A sermon that can help me in my life. Well, maybe that's all good, but in reality, the Bible is about a warfare. And you have been born as a slave in this world under the dominion of someone that's in war with the creator of all things. And so the Bible says God is a mighty warrior. He's a man of war. And so the Bible has a lot of warfare in it. And when we come to the New Testament, we don't find ourselves being in uh, just sitting under the apple tree drinking Kool-Aid or lemonade, but we, we see that we're in a wrestling match. You know, to wrestle is a, is a struggle uh, that's, it's mano y mano. <laughs> it's it's, uh, it's hand-to-hand -hand body contact. And so the, the Word of God says we are in a struggle. Well, I got saved. I'm not in the struggle anymore. No, that's not true. When you get saved, you're inducted into the army. And so there's, there's really no place uh, for, uh, that you can go to get away from this battle because it's going to follow you. Because there's somebody that wants to pin you to the ground and steal your faith and steal the Word of God out of your life. There's someone who wants to inspire you to live outside of the Word of God so that you won't be in the light and protected but you'll be in darkness. You can go to church and be a Christian, and a lot of people do, who, uh, but they don't live their life according to the Word of God, and they walk in things that are, uh, the Bible says you, you ought not to do, and you open the door, and you may be justified, but you open the door for the devil to come and ransack your life. You know, what did you, you know, 
engaged in the battle. And the ones that are engaged and are self-aware and see the conflict constantly going, those are the ones that, you know, are trying to put down the enemy schemes and take every captive. Every right. But then it seems like there's other people that are oblivious to that going on and it seems like they almost have less problems. I don't know. It's like I don't think they No, are because why just if I if I am let's let's say I'm uh, I'm wanting to conquer your life. If I can uh, make you think everything's fine and <laughs> and you're just kind of uh, sleeping on the couch watching television, why should I bother you? Right. And uh, I'm not going to bother you. I'm not bringing anything to disturb your life. But I've already nullified you. I've got two pins. You don't know your pin. You don't know you're in a warfare. So I'm, I'm going to make you, I'm not touching your life. I'm going to let you feel like everything is roses. But those who are involved in the battle are, yeah, are being, uh, will be assaulted because they are awake. Mm-hmm. and can't seem to get out 
storm. It's like you press in, you press in, you press in, and everything keeps coming at you. No job, no money to pay the bills, no money to buy food. What are we? And, 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 and your mind wants to think, gosh, God, is there something that I'm doing wrong where I don't have peace for a moment? I think that's what Michelle was saying. There are some that don't go pressing into God, pressing into God, and their life is at peace. How come, because my friend said this too, how come people of the world who don't go to God, who don't go to church, and they have peace, they have money, they have this, and they have that? I mean, Ken and I went through years of darkness, it seemed like, you know, with finances and, and relationships, and now I'm not in that place. I'm in a different season. Yeah, we're in season, but the point is, we, we're all inducted into yeah. this uh, opportunity to wrestle. That's why we need one another. Yeah. Some of us come under the gun, mm -hmm. and uh, we need to be able to stand, and if there's uh, some holes are some places where the enemy can can assault us and we until we all come to a place where we're in on a we want to be in an offensive position. 
We're not just going around saying, oh my God, the devil's attacking me today. What am I going to do? I ain't worried about the devil attacking me. I'm attacking him. Yeah. 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 I'm uh, after taking back the territory Amen. and living in the victory. Amen. And I'm not going around uh, you know, looking for uh, defeat. I am the victor. I'm being led in a... But nonetheless, there are things that need need to be dealt with. Right. And uh, there are things to be dealt with in other people's lives, and uh, in Africa, in Reno. And the point is, is that we're surrounded yeah. by these principalities, these powers, these rulers yeah. that have rebelled against God, and they're in place yeah. uh, in the earth. Some are watchers. They're watching and studying you and looking for an opportunity mm -hmm. to exploit yeah. you and yeah. to yeah. steal yeah. the yeah. word of God out of your life. Yeah. But instead of waiting for them to do that, yeah. because we live in a coma, we are taking action to help loose and to cause them to back off. Yeah. By filling our minds with the Word of God, putting on the full armor of God, it's all about the Word, having your life inducted into the Word, yeah. being live by the Word, have the instinct of the Word of God. I thought it was interesting how it says that we fight against the powers of this dark world against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. Yeah. He doesn't say on the earth. He says in the heavenly realm. And it reminds me of that one guy, I can't remember if it was Daniel, I think. And he was fasting and praying and wasn't hearing anything. Michael was up in heaven fighting the war for him. <coughs> and he couldn't get the answer because he was busy fighting. You know, and Dad is thinking, God, you have forsaken me, you have left me. But in the meantime, he's fighting the war yeah. for him on behalf of Daniel. Yeah. You know, so I think that was huge, you know, that the war is in the heavenly realm that we have to remember. That's exactly right. And uh, so Paul just yeah. lets us know, he says we're not, our, you know, trouble is not with one another. Now, we do have trouble with one another, and we need to grow up and learn how to relate and love. And, but ultimately, the things that come to kill, steal, and destroy are from the devil and his minions. They're real. Uh, they, are, they have a, a goal to capture the earth and to pervert the, the prophecy and to stop it, that there would be redemption coming to, to all men. And so the devil wants to stop that. And he's been doing it because he knows if, if when the Lord comes, his end is near. He's going to the bottomless pit. And so, uh, two things, you know, I see in this is, is for us to awaken to the spiritual things that are uh, around us. There are spiritual angels or spiritual beings. And there are some other kinds of beings that we maybe don't know about. We don't know what they are. Mm -hmm. And there are those who, have, who are watchers who watch the earth. And there are those who have authority and dominion that was given to them, but when they rebelled, you know, they lost their connection with, with the Father. But they're, they, they're still in places where they can influence the earth. They can influence us. We need to be wise to that. And we're not here to mess around with, with these. You know, Gabriel is an angel that came from God to help Daniel 
He says, I've been struggling for 21 days to get here, Daniel. Thanks for praying. Yeah. I had to call for Michael, yeah. the warrior angel, to come help me break through. I was in a, I was in a wrestling match mm-hmm. in the heavenly places with a, a prince called the Prince of Persia. And he says, by the way, when I leave you now, i got to go wrestle with the Prince of Greece mm-hmm. to get out of here. Wow. wow. And so uh, this isn't fairy tale stuff. Yeah. We live in... Uh, in four dimensions, but there are other worlds, heavenly places, that have uh, a creation, and there's something there's something taking place, and there's a rupture, and there's a war on the earth for the seed of the woman. You remember that in, in the book of uh, Genesis? Mm-hmm. Can I read it to you? Yeah. It says that uh, the Lord... After Adam and Eve rebelled, they were disobedient, the Lord explains to them the curse that they, that they were going to be under. And he says, I will put enmity between you and the woman. This is the Lord speaking to the devil. I'll put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. And he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. And this is uh, a prophetic word from the fall. When Adam and Eve fail, Adam and Eve are going to have children now. They're going to procreate and fill the earth. But there's going to be enmity between the seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent, the seed of the devil. And so we have two seeds in the earth. One is the seed of the enemy, and one is the seed of Adam. And so there's something happening. Something wants to take over something else and believes that it can do it. And so its seed is working also. There's a, uh, we see, and I shared this with you before, in Genesis 6, it says that it came to pass, and this is about a thousand years now that has passed since, Adam and Eve were created. They've been multiplying, but there's violence on the earth and all kinds of things. There are giants. And it says that it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born to them that the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were beautiful and they took wives for themselves of all whom they chose. And here we have kind of this strange insertion of this thing called the sons of God, the Benahah Elohim. And it's the same phrase that's used in Job when it says the sons of God were assembled before the, the Lord. And it, uh, it literally means it, uh, angels, angelic beings. These are spiritual beings. The sons of God. They're created by God. Um, they have personality. They have longed to see what was coming in the gospel that God had planned. They have volition. They can, uh, they're called men. It says, Satan, it says, is this the man who deceived the whole earth? And uh, Michael, the archangel, is called the man. And then they appear 
at various times, these beings had the ability to come into our dimensions and manifest themselves. And when they do, they're, they're, they're seen as, uh, they look like human beings. Sometimes they look glorious, depending on uh, you know, how much they're manifesting of themselves. The two angels that appeared as they came as men, and they came to uh, Lot, to Lot's house, to tell him that God was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And the people in the city wanted these men, because they were so, I guess, beautiful. They, wanted, they didn't want the women, they wanted those men. And so there's something about these, these creatures that God has created called angels, but a third of them that God created have rebelled against God, and they are exerting what power they have to try to bring the seed of the serpent, the devil, to fill the earth. And so, here we have angelic beings coming down to the earth and having intercourse with human women. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with men, man forever, for he is indeed flesh, yet his days will be 120 years. Up until now they have been living to be almost a thousand. Wow. And then it says there were giants, or a literal translation is Nephilim, which means fallen ones. So it says, there were Nephilim in the earth in those days, and also afterwards, when the sons of God came into the daughters of men, and they bore children to them. They were the mighty men who were of old, men of renown. So, the mighty men of old, the men of renown, uh, which we also know in mythological <laughs> history as the Titans, you know, it's the, the gods have come down, so all that myth finds can find it, some of its root in these uh, these high-bred Nephilim creatures. Mm -hmm. And as far-fetched as that may sound to you, and it may sound to me, this is why we need to open up our, our, our view of the reality of these, these other beings and the assault that's against us. And some of these beings left their original state, they left their abode, came into the earth realm and uh, produced offspring who were giants. So the angels that fallen were already giants? No. The angels, some of them have came out of the, what is called the second heaven or the heavenlies. And they came into this, this visible dimension. And uh, about 200 of them is what the book of Enoch says. Mm -hmm. Even gives the names. Yeah. Their names. And so they had they had uh, relationships because they wanted something they were seeing that humans had. And so they were willing to give up their abode, meaning the, the, the clothing that they had. They came into this, this realm and, and did this. I don't know how that happens. But they had these, these things called the Nephilim, which means the falling ones, and uh, so they tried to infiltrate the earth with another genetic line. Um, yeah, to, to uh, stop the coming of the Messiah. This Messiah was predicted to come. And so they come, one angle is to try to um, 
produce another kind of human being. Now, do you believe that they've already produced that kind of human being? And, 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 and there are beings now? Well, we'll get to that now. You've jumped, I think so. you've jumped the gun on me. I think so. And so this, uh, uh, there's, there are about three interpretations of the Sons of God thing. And uh, the Evangelical Church, which writes most of the commentaries, says that, oh no, this was just... Uh, the lion, the lion of Seth, who came from Adam, and, and uh, Cain, you know, killed Abel, and so this is Seth uh, going after some of the his line, wanting to have relationships with some of the falling line of Cain, and so that's one interpretation. But uh, it's hard to get away. It's the word, the wording here are the angels. And it says that they were before the flood and after the flood they came into the women. Which means they must have been supernatural because there wouldn't nobody live through the flood. But Adam, but uh, Noah and his, his, his wife and children whom the Bible says that they were pure in their genetics. Is that kind of wild? Yeah. Yeah. And so... Uh, on the other side of the flood, you have King David and the bros. God sends them on a quest to exterminate whole tribes of people, men, women, and children. Why? Because they were of the genetics of the Nephilim. And it even, David even, it even says uh, he went up against uh, Goliath and other giants. And it says some of them, it says that they were of the uh, Annika tribe, and these different tribes that were Nephilim tribes, who had walled cities that were high, it says, and they had uh, one of the, the, uh, the, the king of Og had a 13-foot uh, bed, which mm -hmm. archaeological findings have found. He was a giant, and uh, so the Lord exterminated all of these people, and we get mad, you know, oh, God, is He's so mean. But he's, he's stopping this high-bred line from continuing in the human rights. Yeah. Now, did he do it? Uh, have they... Uh, do? Or is there someone here that has Nephilim in your... in your <laughs> genetics? <laughs> we all know somebody... I think it's weird how the angels... Because I don't know if you've seen angels in the spirit. Whenever I've seen angels, they're huge. They're really big. They're not just, it's, it's only a few times where I saw an angel where they were the size of that. Like a little cherub. When I see an angel in the spirit, they are really big. They're not little people. <laughs> you know? Well, the point is not to try to uh, make a doctrine out of the Nephilim and figure that all out. That goes beyond the pale. But it, it only demonstrates that there seems to be an intrusion of these angelic beings. We're in a warfare, and this thing crosses over into the natural, and it can come in, in ways
everything. And then on, but on the other side of the flood, these, these angels do more of their mystery. In the book of Jude, it says that the angels that left their first abode have been chained now and are in a place called Targetus, which is the hell below hell. Yeah, waiting. And they're kept in darkness and uh, in, in, a, in a really dungeon, dungeon kind of place. And so that, that verse relates right back to these angelic ones that came into the earth realm that really ticked off. So, is this too much for us? Okay. <laughs> huh? Him off. So, we're talking about cosmology, which means what what's going on? Cosmology, cosmos. That's not okay. Cosmetology. Not cosmetology. Did <laughs> <laughs> I say cosmetology? No. <laughs> I thought maybe for a second. But we're we're talking about meta meta cosmology, which means something that's outside the visible realm. You know, the Bible says the world is made. The visible was made by the invisible. There are invisible heavenly places with creatures and stuff things that you can say are in another realm, another heavenly place. Even the devil can still go before the goes before the Father and accuses us daily. And the book of Revelation says there's come a time when he and the, his, those that are in, in the heavenly places, not those that have been chained up because they had the audacity to come into the natural world. But those that are chained are going to be loosed from the pit, and those that are in the heavenly are going to come down to the earth. The devil is coming down to the earth. He's going to be on the earth in this thing called the Great, the, uh, great Tribulation. And he knows his time is sharp, and he is mad. And that's why the Tribulation is going to be such a mess. But it's all part of the great climax of the ages. God is going to ultimately sweep clean the heavenlies, and He's going to sweep clean the earth, and He's going to sweep clean you and me. And so I, I say all this not to for us to become strange propagators of, of kind of uh, these kinds of doctrines you don't hear much about, but I, I think they're very valuable because they help us realize the the reality of, of suppose all of this is true. But we're living in a Christian church that says, oh no, Jesus died and now I don't have to. And Jesus died and now I'm saved. And, and now we can just listen to uh, Christian music and go to church and have soccer ball and go camping. And, and everything's just fine. And that's not the way it really is behind the scene. There's another code working behind the scenes. And this stuff can be so real it can it has come into the earth and it's coming into the earth again. And so to get back to what Jeanette said, I think uh, are are there Nephilim now, the fallen ones? Are they uh, infiltrating the human race? Is there already a part of humanity that is soulless? It says in the book of Isaiah that there are some that will not be raised from the dead. They'll never be raised, and that could be uh, oh, wow. the soulish, soulless ones. I don't have the scripture right now. I can 
And uh, now here's the thought also. These giants, when they die, uh, their spirit doesn't go to be with the Lord, but their spirit roams the earth. And this is the origin of possibly a demon spirit who have no way to express themselves. These are the Nephilim. These are the illegal ones, the ones who came to the earth and who are invaders. And so when they die, uh, they don't, they can't, they can only, uh, they want to express themselves through a, a human body. And so they're in the earth realm, and so they're, the, they're also part of the problem in the spirits. And so now here we live in the 21st century. Are there hyper, uh, are there uh, hybrid expressions in the earth today? You know, I don't know a lot, but I do know that I've met people that are just, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. that seem to be soulless to me, without a soul. <laughs> and if you look at some of uh, the expressions of some of the peoples on the earth, there are people on the earth that will cut your throat and drain your blood out and advertise it on television because they hate. And it's like they have no mercy, no sense of humanity on them. Mm -hmm. They're incredibly wicked. Mm -hmm. And so, who, who are these people? Are, are, and is that a real observation? I can't really go any further with it than that. You know, I don't know. So, we, um, we hear about the Antichrist Sorry, <laughs> the Antichrist spirit, would that be, that I'm remembering reading um, Edmund Luther's book about, um, and he talked about Hitler and these different people that they were inhabited by the Antichrist spirit. Uh, that could be, they're inhabited by some kind of uh, high-end uh, Nephilim reframe, is what it says in the Bible, a reframe. Spirit of the Reprium. Reprium. Speaks about it in the book of Acts also. The Reprium. And uh, so, yes, the spirit of Antichrist is already here. This is, this is uh, it's really a spirit that wants to replace Christ. And so it's, it's working, and there are diabolical forces working to see this happen. And, uh, you know, today, only about a third of the world is, is confesses Christ. There are two-thirds of them that uh, live for something different. And the Bible says that they're under, they're the, what is it saying? In, it says, he, he made us alive who were dead in trespasses and sin, who once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince and the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we also conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. And so uh, there's a climax coming, and the book of Revelation is about the wine press of the wrath of God. There's more spoken about the end time than there is about the coming of Christ and the Gospels.
God is, is the man of war. He's going to bring forth his wine press and he's going to tread until it overflows with blood. What's he doing? Where's that gospel? Doesn't sound like the loving God you hear about. Well, that's the rest of the story, as Paul Harvey says. And now the rest of the story. The wine press of the wrath of God in the book of Revelation, and where a third of humanity is destroyed. They go in the caves and they want the rocks to fall and they want to hide from him who lives forever. And then ultimately, Jesus comes and he comes to the earth with his saints. And it says he comes up out of Edom towards Jerusalem and he's covered in blood inside. He's killing people. That's <laughs> kind of what God is doing. So he's coming to destroy these sons of disobedience. This part, this seed that seems to be in the earth of disobedience and rebellion. And then he takes the devil and uh, who manifests in the Antichrist at the end of the age, casting him in the bottom of the pit, and there's a thousand years of peace. But at the end of the thousand years, the devil is loose, and he goes out and incites all of those people that have lived on the earth with Jesus, and they still want to live independently of God. And a multitude is gathered together to come against Jerusalem and against uh, the, the saints of God and try to destroy them. They still think they can destroy uh, God's plan. But Jesus, by the breath of his mouth, destroys the whole crew. And that's the end of that, you know, what's called the Holy Age. <laughs> what do you say? <laughs> so there you have the Bible, from front to back. <laughs> Genesis to Revelation. Genesis to Revelation. In the meantime, you and I are here. We're going to do three things. We're going to be filled. We're going to each develop our own well of the presence of the living Amen. God. We go to the tenth heaven, or to the tenth dimension. We go to the very heaven of the heavens. We have we have access by the Spirit, and we're feeding our lives on the reality of the, of the living God that we know in secret. We also know that we're we're moving towards the climax of the ages where God is going to change everything and the rebellion is going to be completely done away with. But in the meantime, we're living in the rebellion and there's a war and we're in the war and there will be casualties. And uh, not everything that afflicts you and comes against you is just natural. There are afflictions that can be sickness, all mm -hmm. kinds of stuff uh, uh, can have roots in these principalities and powers, these watchers. And... Uh, we're going to live for him. We're going to live in victory and joy. We understand who we are. We know where we came from. We know, we know where we're going. And so that's a context to live out of, dear people of God. Most beloved of God. But don't go around telling people, you're, you're just a nephilim. I know who you are. You're a fallen one. And so let me finish uh, with this. Because we're in a warfare, we do in, we do encounter influences in, that can be influencing people, and there's a lot of people in the church that need deliverance from the reframed spirit. These these spirits that have attached to their thinking, and we do that through teaching, and we do that through power, bringing power to bear, and helping each other get free of generational curses and spirits and things that torment and hinder 
and so that we can all live in the glorious light and uh, be uh, part of the victory that uh, God is having in the earth. We're in the victory. We're the sons of the resurrection, the daughters of the resurrection. We are the heirs of God, joint heirs of Christ. We're bone of bone, flesh of his flesh. God became a man. It's the, it's the mystery of godliness. And you and I, men, are becoming uh, those who share the nature of God. It's incredible, incredible uh, thought. So we want to live for him. We want to live righteously. Because if you get out and live your own way, you're going to get blasted. We have to live under his, his canopy of life. Isn't that right? Ain't that right? Nope. Any questions? Is this too general for us? Is it too much of a sweep? That's a pretty broad sweep. I heard it said the Bible was probably the most understated book that there ever was. You get a lot of that. I mean, they throw stuff at you like, I heard it exactly. I want to know what it looks like. Most of the commentary on the Nephilim comes from the word means the fallen ones. And so you, who fell? Well, angels and fallen. People fell. And then, uh, but they created these giants. Uh, and they corrupted. And then, if you go to the extra biblical, the, the apocrypha writings of Enoch and Jubilee, it's all about uh, this stuff. But the church, it's not, it's not the epigrapha, it's not, uh, it's not canonized writing, but it's commentary by people uh, who are closer to it than we are. So we don't build a major doctrine on it, but I think there's enough here to know that there's been an intrusion from the other dimensions. And this could be the answer to this whole thing of UFOs and all this stuff. These uh, the field the fields with all these imprints and stuff. Uh, this this can all be uh, transdimensional stuff. It's probably not people coming from another planet. It's you know changing dimensions is simply rotating from one space to another. When Jesus Jesus could show up here right now and we could feel his hands and touch his side if he wanted to come right here. And he wouldn't have to come through the door or the wall. And how would he do that? Because he lives in a dimension that's higher than this one. And so he can see into this one. He can, uh, just like I can go in the other room or I can walk around the back here, he has access to what we cannot see. <coughs> We're in this. But there's... And these angelic beings can also rotate from one dimension <laughs> yeah. So, you don't like that kind of stuff? 